This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back to Now with Dave Brown on AMI. I'm Alex Smythin for Dave. There's a new web browser for Mac and iOS users. The Arc browser offers lots of customization. They've also built in accessibility features. Arc caught up with Marco, Arc caught Marco Pasqua's attention. And Marco is the co-founder of Meaningful Access Consulting. Hello, Marco, how are you doing today? So well, Alex, how are you? I'm doing great. So why did this browser jump out to you? Well, quite simply, you know, it, it handles two things with the when it comes to the internet and browsing the web, and that's tab management and just the general clutter of the internet. Um, I was just doing a regular YouTube surfing, and all of a sudden, the thumbnail for the Arc browser popped up on my screen, and I said, what the heck is this? I click on it, and really, I'm kind of brought down this story uh, of why the creators made the browser to simplify the internet. And now with large language models and AI out there, basically being more conversational for people, I thought, how cool is it that they're really thinking at the forefront of uh, making the internet more simple for everyone, but as an offshoot to that, that actually increases the accessibility of many things over the internet, um, just by the way in which they've designed this browser. And so I was completely blown away. Yeah, and you mentioned AI. So uh, the browser actually uses it to summarize pages and auto-generate image descriptions. What's your take on how they've incorporated those features and using AI to help with that? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it sounds very promising. Now, uh, full disclosure, I'm not an iOS or a Mac user, so I have to take their word for it at this time. But what I can say is the the integration on the Browse For Me feature that they have on, on iOS looks incredible. Basically, imagine if you add a question about a particular history of a building that you're in and say, hey, what's the history of this building? It will actually pull from the internet multiple sources of giving you that information and actually create in real time a landing page that is accessible that you can scroll through that has the highlights or cliff notes of all of those major things. Uh, the types of movies that location has been featured in, images that naturally you can use and scroll through a, a carousel scroller. Um, I'm just blown away that it's thinking about how to digest the internet in a different and a new way. And that's the part that kind of excites me about it. Well, one thing that I, I'm kind of trying to figure out with, with ARC is the fact that, as you mentioned, the accessibility features, it, it's really prominent within uh, this browser. But anyone who, who would require or use accessibility features probably already have them in some way, shape, or form on their device. So what are the odds that ARC is going to seamlessly blend the accessibility settings someone already has with their new browser? I would hope very well. Uh, you know, they started the development for this browser on iOS, and uh, iOS and Mac has traditionally been very good when it comes to accessibility and accessibility features out the box. And so I would hope that through their development, they've been following the best practices, and therefore their app is able to kind of seamlessly integrate with those features already available on your phone so that it doesn't become a foreign experience for you. I get the impression for these 
um, these developers that they're trying to be game changers in terms of the ways that we see the internet. You know, when when the Chrome browser first came out, um, it was doing things a lot different. It wasn't as static as stale as we were used to seeing with things like Internet Explorer. And I think that this is their defining moment. They're trying to really um, go from an independent approach, utilize many different developers out there who are wanting to make tools to make life easier on the Internet. And that's the part that kind of um, I think is what's going to set them apart and make it a different experience for everyone. Well, and, and you kind of hit the nail on the head there. It's all about setting yourself apart from the other established browsers out there and, and, and kind of pushing someone to want to change or, or, or navigate and, and uh, migrate over to your new uh, kind of browser, your new system. The, it seems like the buzzword or, or kind of the focus really beyond just the use of AI it's, uh, in technology has been the idea of limiting f what uh, we call friction within uh, mm. devices and, and, and connectivity. So not having to go through multiple different steps to access information, access videos, you know, photos, what have you. So this seems to be kind of eliminating that, as you say, and you know, it, it's generating this like and populating this page where you don't have to navigate all those spaces. It's bringing it to you. So. How much does friction get in the way of what you want to do on the web? Uh, I mean, quite a bit, right? I mean, how many times have you gone to go look up a particular blog post or a recipe, but you're inundated with ads on the page and you're literally scrolling for minutes just to get down to the actual recipe itself? Um, what this does is it removes all of that. It extracts that information that's most prevalent and it pops it out in a, in a high contrast page, if I might add, um, that really just shows you the cliff notes, the, the points that you need to know for this recipe, for example, um, in a way that makes sense with photos and gives you options as to how it got there and, and, and that you can kind of jump around in that way. And I, I think that that is so cool. It's also got a sidebar feature where if you type in something naturally, like just show me the top um, keynote presentations from Steve Jobs, just by saying that it's going to load, you know, five different YouTube links on the side for you automatically and start to autoplay the first one and give it to you in a way that you can actually go through those various links. Um, having to think, oh yeah, uh, what, what did I want to look up? The iPhone, the iPad, like what are the different uh, unveilings that I can find? It already knows that for you just based on you naturally asking that question. And I think for individuals with cognitive disabilities, this is also going to streamline things like work. So when you talk about friction on the internet, I think that streamlining things like research, um, understanding and just bringing you down to the brass tacks, that's the part I want to look forward to uh, as a uh, Windows user user as an Android user. I don't have access yet. However, I'm told that the app and uh, browser is coming to those platforms in the spring. So we're only a couple of months away. So are you going to be one of those like early adopters as soon as it's on? You're, you're downloading it, you're switching, that's going to become your browser of choice then? I don't know about directly switching, you know, it's like a marriage with your browser. You get so used to uh, the features and the comfort that is there. However, I am going to take it for a test spin. I'm so looking forward to it. You know, the nerd in me and the person who took as a, sci or as a uh, 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 science class when I was in high school, I took computer programming. So this is kind of a throwback for me uh, to sort of my roots as a programmer, but also as somebody who loves accessibility and just making life easier. So I think for all my friends who are watching this segment or listening to the segment today, really, if you have iOS or you have Mac, there's no, there's no harm in giving it a shot. 
trying it out and seeing if it does simplify your life. Ultimately, that is the principles behind universal design is making sure that it's functional and it works for everybody. One like potential concern I could see around Arc is the fact that so many of these uh, kind of companies that have their browsers and, and, and their kind of online platforms, a lot of the revenue they generate is through things like advertisement. It is, as you mentioned, like it, it's all the stuff that kind of fills the screen along with the content you actually want. Like, are there going to be concerns that of the longevity potentially of ARC or issues around, you know, eliminating potential ad revenues for um, like the websites that they're pulling this information from? Yeah, you know, I think that that's a really interesting question. I think that because they're approaching this from sort of an indie developer approach, they're looking at new and interesting ways in which, um, you know, they can generate revenue as a platform. And I think that this is different enough that they're not going to just get immediately swallowed up by another platform or by, like, say, Google um, or Safari or something like this. I mean, they have the opportunity in those bigger platforms to do something similar, but this has really developed this sort of... Um, uh, anti, you know, typical uh, approach to to surfing the web, and I think that they have a loyal fan base that's really there. So, as far as helping them to stay afloat financially, I think that they, that is going to be a challenge. You're absolutely, absolutely right. But if the goal is to do things differently, then they're not just going to follow the exact same model of the Googles of the world, where they know that your data is the currency. Um, I, I and I don't know how they they are going to go about doing that, um, mm -hmm. but I'm interested and following along the journey to find out. Well, Marco, this topic kind of inspired our daily poll question for the day. So I want to nice. ask it to you. What is your favorite web browser? Is it Google Chrome? Is it Mozilla Firefox? Is it Microsoft Edge or Apple Safari? Mm, I would have to say out of that list, uh, Google Chrome, just because I am in the Google sort of universe or platform uh, for everything because of the fact that I have a bunch of Google accounts. Um, uh, I'm an Android user, as I said, and the seamless integration uh, between platforms for me um, makes it super easy. But uh, you know what? I might be an Arc browser user very soon. So <laughs> we'll see. And one other interesting caveat that came out from the roundtable discussion was the fact that both Elizabeth and Laura seem to have different browsers for the different devices. So are you a Google Chrome enthusiast like across all your devices or do you have different ones for the different devices you have from computer to phone to tablets, things like that? Uh, generally, I stick to Chrome, but I do use Firefox for certain applications. Um, I find that, uh, you know, Firefox can be less intrusive of things. Um, again, like it depends on really what you're going for. At the end of the day, use your own safety when it comes to the Internet, no matter what your browser is. And I say, you know, like I, I still utilize a VPN for certain things and access to certain content. And that's, you know, really sort of interesting, too, right? It's like how are developers for browsers and things going to be integrating as People are more concerned now about their privacy on the internet, about security, and about things of this nature, but also create a smooth experience for somebody who's browsing, depending on all the different ways in which you can go and use the internet out there. Um, I do a lot of research, and so certain browsers are better for, for certain things. Absolutely. Marco, thank you so much for, for bringing the Arc uh, browser forward. I've never heard of it. I'm excited to take it for a spin myself and see how it works.
Yeah, absolutely. If you've if you've gotten used to large language models and some chat bots and things out there, it's going to be very similar to something like that. But it is going to be that combination of a web browser, a uh, search engine, and just uh, you know the internet in general. So I'm curious curious to hear everybody's feedback. So thanks, Alex. Perfect. That is Marco Pasqua. He is the co-founder of Meaningful Access Consulting. In 60 seconds, Elizabeth Moeller will share the weather story of the day. But first, here is Canadian press reporter Rob Westgate with your Morning Business Minute. Last week ended on a slightly up note for Bay Street. Toronto's S&P TSX added 90 points to close at 21,010. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average slipped 55 points down to 38,672, while the Nasdaq rose 197 points up to 15,991. Asian markets started this week off with mostly soft performances. Japan's Nikkei closed up just 34 points at 36,000. 897. Australia's benchmark rose and India's Sensex edged lower. The Hang Seng in Hong Kong is closed for the Lunar New Year. Beanfield Metro Connect, a small telecom company, is calling on the CRTC to ban bigger service providers from offering bulk deals for multi-year contracts, effectively eliminating consumer choice and limiting competition. And finally, the Looney is trading this morning at 74.27 cents U.S. From the Canadian Press Business Desk, I'm Rob Westgate. Bob, it's now time for the weather report with Elizabeth Moeller. Elizabeth, you are following up on a weather story that I covered last week where it was near record low snow and ski conditions and, and the lack of snow in BC was a big concern, but you're here to offer up some positivity and good vibes on a Monday. I'm I'm talking some good vibrations, and I did get your little rhyme there. Low snow, I like it, Alex. <laughs> um, so skiers will delight because there's going to be wonderful skiing conditions on Tuesday at all resorts across the province of British Columbia. Over 20 centimeters of the fresh white stuff has fallen in many areas of the province. And we're going to see snow bringing hope to those resorts in BC that have been affected so, so much by that. Um, the winter season has been tough for little, you know, the, the resorts with very little snow for them to, to have um, for the resort. So, you know, some events have been canceled due to the lack of snow or postponed. But now there's good news on that front uh, with new snowfall arriving. And that storm brought snow to BC and it started snowing on Saturday of this weekend and it continued into Sunday. Places like Gross Mountain, Mount Washington and Sun Peaks got significant snowfall. More snow, good news, is expected in the interior today. And this is good, again, for those resorts, but it's going to probably cause some travel to delay, so be mindful of that on those mountain passes today. And the snow is expected to stop this evening. But, you know, my, you know, Alex, I was thinking about this. The resorts really have been in fact, impacted, but towns like Whistler, where they're so mm -hmm. reliant on ski resorts, you know, really impacted. I was actually in Whistler recently. Um, and it's, it's, you know, the resorts are the livelihood of that town. So it's, it's having a huge impact. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then when you have to, you're forced to to make snow opposed to having the natural uh, kind of fallen snow, especially in these hotbed of ski and uh, yeah. snowboard country, it's just not the same. And then, and uh, the avids here may not even go for it. So it's great to see that there's actually natural snow coming to the region. Elizabeth, thank you so much. Don't you're go welcome. anywhere. Thank we'll you. check in with you later on in the show. But coming up next, new on Netflix is the animated movie Orion and the Dark, and Amy Amanti will share her review. You're watching now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.